Hello, you're listening to the HRD Live podcast. This conversation with Chuck Heaton was recorded remotely from our homes on June 10th, 2020, during the coronavirus lockdown, and as a result, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. It's our mission at HRD to bring you the most important insights in HR and business transformation, regardless of where we are in the world or how we do it. And we'll continue to do so, whatever happens. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the HRD Live podcast, live from lockdown, where I am thrilled to be joined by none other than Chuck Heaton, returning champion. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing very well, Michael. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Uh, getting on with it as we all are. Um, first things first, then, I thought I, I'd like to just ask what what you've seen so far of businesses responding to COVID and the lockdown process and what we've been going through, where we're at now. and what some general thoughts of yours about how you've seen businesses respond, how, how you've responded and what the positives are, maybe what some of the, the negatives are as well. Yeah, Michael, we, we have seen a, a, a wide variety of responses that, that companies have, have put into place to respond to the pandemic. You know, a lot, a lot of businesses obviously went into to shutdown mode because a lot of countries required people to, to shelter in place, basically. And so companies that weren't deemed essential had to figure out how to have people work remotely. So that has been obviously the huge trend that has occurred and companies literally scrambling in some ways to utilize their IT systems to have a robust enough infrastructure to facilitate you know, people being able to collaborate and get work done. And, and, and in a lot of ways, surprisingly to some critics of remote working, it's been a fairly big success. Uh, companies mm. have learned how to adapt. People have learned how to adapt to utilizing Zoom, obviously, is a huge program people are using, but Microsoft Teams, um, Slack is a, is a, is a big uh, program that people are using. So you're seeing a lot of flexibility and adaptability within, within people. Uh, and then obviously, there's been essential companies, manufacturers, energy producers that have had to keep people in place. So they have had to adapt the workplace to protect people from the virus. So from a standpoint of temperature checks, when people arrive at work every day, the requirement of wearing masks, the uh, plexiglass shields. If you now go into a grocery store or a department store, there are, everybody is separated by plexiglass. And Mm. then you see sanitation. I mean, a ton of hand sanitizers, literally people wearing gloves in a lot of places. Um, you know, the way that the flow of people through an office or through a plant, one-way aisleways, one-way stairways, uh, elevators that either only can have two or three people on it or are, are converted to be touchless because mm. of the, the thought of if you touch certain surfaces, you know, you might, you might could get the virus. And then, the, and then just cleaning, you know, it literally used to be, you know, you saw cleaning occur at night or when people weren't in the facility. But now, you know, part of the company routine is having regular cleaning of everything. To and, and part of that is to obviously be preventative against the virus. But part of it is to let employees know that the company is doing everything they can to protect them from the virus. And then obviously sure. companies having to adapt policies and procedures to deal with active or potential cases of, of the virus. And, and I think you're now starting to see there's an evolution of testing. So 
testing is becoming more available. It's becoming more widespread. And I think, especially as you're seeing sports come back, you know, in the, in the U S with the potential of, of, uh, baseball, soccer, um, basketball, you know, big discussion here in the U S about the NBA coming back in a, in, you know, enclosed facility. So Disney world, wide world of sports, they're going to keep all the teams, all the people and no fans. So, right. and they're going to have to do regular testing. So, you know, a sport that I, that I love very much college football has started bringing their players back on campus. And that's a prelude to bringing students back on campus. But what they're doing is they're testing every player as they come on campus. And if they find positives, uh, they're isolating them. And, and that is happening. Literally multiple colleges have reported two, three, four, five players have tested positive, all asymptomatic. So not showing outwardly showing right, right. of the virus. So I think what sports is showing us is going to be what workplaces are going to adapt to as we continue to not have a vaccine and the requirement of the workplace you know, to keep people safe. I mean, the core responsibility, and usually when you think safety, you, you normally just think, you know, in a manufacturing plan or, you know, that kind of safety. But, but literally, you know, workplaces have a risk potential now with the virus. So it, 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 changes, it changes the vernacular and the responsibility of companies on a much higher scale. Mm-hmm. There, there, I mean, there's so much to unpack there. But one thing, there are a few things you mentioned there that are really interesting. And when, even when you talk about sports games without fans and the way that we'll walk around offices and so on, there is a social element to this after this that will be so different, right? The way that people working together will interact with one another. And that it can be really challenging, the, the way that, that changes. I mean, it's challenging regardless, but then having these additional strange functions and, para- and parameters you have to work within that can really change the way it works as hr leaders how do you think um these this kind of strange social landscape can be managed or how can employees be helped through it do you think yeah i mean i, I think it's you know this type of working is is testing the relationships that employers and managers have with employees so uh you know we've talked before about uh trust so how and how how employers trust employees to get things done now that people are not physically sitting in facilities and not physically interacting with their managers or other employees. And, you know, so it's it's part of that is, you know, testing the relationships that employers have with their people. And 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 and, and as we've talked about a little bit earlier, it, it, it's being successful. It is you're literally you're seeing more productivity. You're seeing people able, able and willing to work longer because they're not commuting, you know, and they're not spending mm-hmm. half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour each way commuting. So that they're getting up, having breakfast, and then they're, you know, they're on their computer. So it's, you know, you're seeing some positives from this, but there are definite downsides as well, or challenges, as we may say, because of the outside pressures, you know, whether it's, uh, a, a working mother with kids that are now at home because there's no school or, you know, fa- multi-generational families that are, are having to live together in a certain space. We were talking earlier, Wi-Fi challenges. I mean, it literally <laughs> the, the, the Wi-Fi infrastructure 
is being tested to a level that that we've not seen. And and, and 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 I know you and I both have had literally been on you know video calls where it just dropped. I mean, literally mm-hmm. just you know went dead. So yeah. Um, but then there's also now new terms. Zoom fatigue is now the new <laughs> topic. And I mean, you you know uh, you know when you're on camera all the time, you know used to in, in in old style conference calls, you know you're on the phone. So a lot of people multitask or did other things while they were half listening to the subject. But if you're on camera the whole time, you know you're you're visible and you're kind of required to pay attention. So and and it also changes the conversation, right? It changes how absolutely conversations yeah conversations happen because of there's a delay, right? I mean, there is a little bit of a, you have to listen oh, yep. a little more. Go, sorry, go on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. You know. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, I mean, and, and then, you know, culture, right? I mean, I think a lot of times companies in some ways took culture for granted and, you know, ever more than, I mean, we talk about empathy and EQ and, you know, a, a leader's ability to, I mean, it's it's a scary time, right? I mean, the, the the threat of the pandemic and and the impact it has on yourself, your family, especially if you have older relatives who are at higher risk or have have high risk conditions, and then mm. the social issues that are going on as well. I mean, it, it it's just a a perfect storm, as they would say, of multiple issues that employers are having to confront on a rapid pace, and so it's really stretching the limits of companies you know, and their ability to address these things all at the same time. Of course. I mean, and one of the key things there you mentioned around culture, there's a, there's a sense of unity and support, I suppose, in that as well. And one of the things that clearly is at risk um, during a time like this is, is mental health um, of employees and, and, of, and of leaders. It, it, businesses generally, in times of great pressure like this, when all of the things that we took for granted, like culture, are suddenly in question or at risk, um, that can put an extra strain on, on everybody. How would you recommend that HR leaders, business leaders, whoever, approach this new and more difficult landscape, perhaps of mental health, and try to support their teams? Yeah, I think companies really have to take a look at what are their what's their current status around mental health. What are the benefits that they provide? You know, through their benefits program, what kind of training do you provide to managers to be aware of, you know, triggers or potential uh, warning signs of, of, of people's mental health and being challenged. And so companies have to have a more robust strategy. They have to make sure that they had, that, that it's not just a, you know, recently in the U S we just uh, had mental awareness month in May. And it's been that way since the forties, um, but this year in particular, uh, you know, the campaign had break the stigma was the, was the tagline mm-hmm. of it. And, and, I, and I think, you know, for a long time in our culture, it, you know, it wasn't popular or wasn't accepted to say you had a mental health issue. And I think just in the last year or so, you've seen um, big uh, insurance carriers. Cigna, for example, in the U.S., has had a huge campaign about, you know, mental health as part of your overall wellness. And you've seen other companies uh, address and accept that mental health is a part of a wellness strategy. And so mm. I think HR folks have to really look at, you know, what is their company's philosophy? What is their approach around mental health? 
how much training can you provide, you know, to your managers and supervisors, people on the front lines that are dealing with their employees on a regular basis. And especially now where there's such an attack on your mental health. I mean, just the rapid amount of change occurring, the outside environmental conditions that are happening. So I think companies really have to revisit their overall, one, their overall wellness strategy, but two, in particular, the emphasis that they put on mental health. And there's a lot of tools and levers you can can utilize. I mean, one is your, you know, a lot of companies have a EAP or employee assistance program, a, a carrier that provides that kind of service. And a lot of times, you know, companies will provide a number of free visits for employees, making sure people know about it, know mm. it's available, managers pushing it or, or advertising that it is available and that they, they support it. You know, and then also uh, trying to create a safe space for people to, to raise those issues and, and, and help employees through it. I think that goes a long way in just generally helping people, you know, and also your culture of awareness and acceptance. And, you know, I think companies really have to put an emphasis on that, especially now with how separated you've become with remote working uh, and, you know, just the issues that are confronting people every day around the pandemic, the economics and the social all at the same time. And, it, and it's a global issue. It's not a, hmm. it's not a U.S. issue. It's not a U.K. issue. It, it, it's everywhere. Absolutely. So th there's obviously a huge task there in terms of the current stage of, of the lockdown we're at. But, 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 but the next thing, of course, is the return to work, whatever that's going to look like, whatever that means. Even I mean, it, it means something different, I think, depending on who you are, where you are. I mean, I assume there are as many different meanings for the return to work as there are people who are returning to work. Right? It's, it's, it's so complex. But what's your outlook at the moment, Chuck, on, on what that might look like? Um, it's hard to say, of course, across the globe, but how do you think as HR leaders um, it should be it should be approached this this return to whatever the new normal, as they say, will, will look like? Yeah, I mean, obviously certain, you know, one size does not fit all. I mean, it, it depends on what scope your company is involved with, how how much remote work can you can you support? I think, you know, you've seen obviously the big tech companies, which are usually the leaders in this space, uh, you know, Google. Facebook, uh, Twitter have all said, hey, you're going to have people permanently working from home from now on. Now, mm. we'll, we'll keep this space available for you to collaborate, but there's going to be a different way of working and diff different rules involved with what's going on. So it's, it's really changing the trend of, of how you bring people back to work. I mean, I've heard of companies, I mean, here in the, in the local area that are, they have a red team and a blue team one week the red team comes in and the blue team works at home. The next week, the blue team comes in and the red team works from home. So, mm. you know, all recruiting now is going to be done remotely. It's all going to be done via video conference or zoom. Um, there's, there's a couple of universities that I work with and, and they're putting in place policies that, you know, career fairs, which were a huge event in the fall, employers come on campus, they meet with people, they do interviews, all that's going to be done virtually this fall. So, and all interviews are going to be done virtually. So it's really changing the dynamics because usually, you know, people count on that, that human interaction, right? That impression you get of people talking to them face to face and the emotions and facial expressions and, you know, et cetera. So 
it's it's really changing the dynamics of how talent attraction and retention are going to work at least for the next 12 to 18 months of course that emotional element is so important as well i think and it's one thing again how do you maintain that in in a time like this is how do you maintain that connectivity um with, with people it's something i think that you really miss out even if it's something like you know when everyone goes for a drink at the end of the week or something like that you know it's that's when that's gone you can have everyone can get together on zoom but it's just <laughs> not the same it's, you know i think we've all had the zoom drinks and things like that but it just yeah. it, it's never gonna quite feel the same but i suppose you know there will be some return to emotional connectivity of course and you know it's it's hr's role i suppose to try and engender that but uh, just so we'll we'll have to end fairly soon, which is disappointing, of course. But one thing I know that's really important to you, that's important to me, that we've discussed a lot before, is music. And uh, you and I are both uh, kind of obsessive, I think, when it comes to music. But what, what I'd like to know is, I think, speaking to all the business leaders, uh, you know, listening to this, watching this. Um, are there any recommendations you might have for things you can listen to that might get you through or? I, I mean, I think, you know, everybody's a little different, obviously. I mean, our, you know, as you and I have talked about our music tastes are interesting, but it, it's been interesting to see. I mean, there is, I mean, believe it or not, there is an age difference between us. I mean, there's a generational no. difference, but it, <laughs> it's interesting to see, you know, we have a lot of commonality when it comes to music taste. Of I mean, course. at least appreciation of that. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, music's one of those topics that brings people together and great conversations and debates about who's the best and, and the impact it's had on your life. And, and, but we know music, uh, I mean, we know statistically, you know, that music has an impact on people's emotions and feelings, you know, companies use music to influence, you know, previous companies I work for, if you're at a big meeting, typically they use music as an intro to a particular speaker. If you go to a baseball game, every player has a certain music snippet that they use that, that identifies with that person. You know, for me, you know, there's certain music that just sings to my soul. I mean, I, so I, you know, I'm originally from the state of Alabama. So Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner literally brings goosebumps to me when I hear it or talk about it. And uh, so, I mean, that, you know, that type of music that brings back memories. And, and we were talking earlier that, you know, Spotify has seen a huge increase in nostalgic music. So classic rock, you know, mm. 70s and 80s, uh, you know, rock and roll, uh, because people have, have uh, you know, gone to, you know, their comfort music, so to speak. You know, we all of eat course. comfort food. But we also listen to comfort music. So the music that either reminds you of a better time or a better place or brings back memories, you know, pleasant memories, so to speak, uh, you go to. So, I mean, I think, you know, upbeat songs, you know, I think of Eye of the Tiger, you know, from the, from the <laughs> 80s, Survivor or, uh, yeah. you know, or, or um, you know, Renegade was up by Sticks has always been a, a song that gets you going. Very so, good. Yeah. You know, or, uh, you know, uh, I can't get no satisfaction by the stones. I mean, it's that's a favorite just, of mine. I love that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that just kind of gets your day going, you know, woom, woom, woom. so, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, music can be a, a, a powerful force and it, and, and it's also a connection point with people. And as we look for ways to connect with people, 
you know, and as we see these windows, you know, into our souls a little bit, you know, with this with video conferencing in, into people's homes, you know, you can, you can, it's a way to connect. So music can be a powerful way to connect with people, to share your interests and, and, and ideals in some ways. So, I mean, it, I mean, I could talk forever about music. So, I mean, it's because it's had a huge impact on my life. And I think it's just, it, 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 it's a fun thing to talk about, but it's also a tool to use to help people cope. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a perfect note to end on. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I think anyone who hasn't heard any of the songs you recommended, I say, go ahead, listen to those. But remember, yeah, the, at, at a time where we need that connectivity, I think what better thing to do it uh, than music. Uh, thank you so much, Chuck, for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And looking forward to having you on yet again uh, very soon. Sounds great, Michael. Thank you for the opportunity.